Throughout this episode, you'll hear occasional dynamically placed advertisements as well as host-read ads by me promoting the work of my sponsors, similar to what you'd experience when you're binging your favorite YouTube content. If you find the ads disruptive, consider joining my community on Patreon. Premium submarines receive full-length ad-free episodes, hundreds of hours of bonus content, and the ability to connect and chat with other listeners. To learn more, visit patreon.com slash backfromtheborderline. Welcome to Back From The Borderline, the podcast that helps anyone who identifies with BPD overcome their biggest obstacle, themselves. This mini episode is part of my BPD Shorties series, where I answer some of the most commonly asked questions about borderline personality disorder. If you're a regular listener of the podcast, you know that I have a unique perspective on BPD. And that unique perspective is that I'm hoping for a day where the mental health field completely does away with this stigmatizing label. I just don't think it should be a thing anymore. It's time to change things up. But what I do believe is that the symptoms you experience are very real and painful. And I believe that anyone, including you, is capable of growth and change. So while answering these commonly asked questions, I put my unique spin on it to hopefully help you navigate some of the more stigmatizing and misleading information that you will find online when you are researching borderline personality disorder. So without further ado, let's dig into today's BPD shorty. Hello everyone, welcome to the first of many to come of the BPD Shorty series. Today's question that we're going to be answering, and it is one of the most frequently asked questions about BPD online, is what causes BPD? I want to start by validating why someone would even type that into Google. Why is this one of the most commonly asked questions? It's because when we are out there in the webosphere, whether that be on social media, you may even be coming across this particular podcast episode because you want to know why. You have seen something online or maybe you have been to a mental health provider and they've told you that it seems like you have traits of BPD, you have symptoms of BPD, and you want to know why, what has caused this? I can remember being in these same shoes after I came across some things online and I read about BPD, I read the experiences of other people that struggled with it, I immediately resonated with that and I thought, that's me. And so I went on a mission to try and find a mental health provider that would validate that for me. And so the first couple of mental health providers that I went to see, I said to them, I I really think that I meet the criteria for BPD. I resonate with all these symptoms. And I told them, I really feel like this is what I quote unquote have. And Every mental health provider that I saw gave me a different diagnosis. A couple of them told me I was too high functioning to have borderline personality disorder. A couple of them told me, oh, you don't want BPD. It's incurable. It was a really confusing and frustrating experience. And I'm sure that someone listening out there will also identify with that experience. The fact of the matter is that the DSM, 
or the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, which is the book, a very thick book that lists out all of the different mental health disorders. And this is what people in North America use to diagnose and treat people with mental disorders. These disorders were all voted in by a group of elite psychiatrists based upon votes. So every time the DSM has been released as well, they add more and more and more disorders to this book. And what's really helped me in my journey is to shine a light by informing myself and reading about how these disorders come to be and how little scientific evidence goes into the creation of these different disorders and how many more and more and more are being generated each year. And it's really helpful and empowering to learn about that. These disorders are just constructs. They're not real things in the sense that, for example, if you were diagnosed with cancer, they could find the tumor in your body and run some blood work and you would see scientific evidence of an illness in your body. There isn't the same scientific evidence out there to diagnose and scientifically prove personality disorders, for example. It's just a bunch of vague observations made by a small group of elite, mostly male psychiatrists that create the DSM. I wasn't aware of that when I was out there on a mission to get a BPD diagnosis to validate myself. I think so many of us get caught up in wanting to know what's wrong with us. And that is why so many of us find ourselves typing into google.com what causes BPD. We want to know. But what I'm here to tell you in this podcast episode is that it's not that simple. But I will go through and we're going to read together a couple of things online from reputable sources, as reputable as, as they can get, because I want to stress again is that no one really knows what causes these symptoms of what is called BPD. And BPD is not a really a thing. It's a group of three words that a group of elite people decided they would lump together. And that's what all mental health disorders are. They're not the same thing as autoimmune diseases like Crohn's or lupus or an actual disease like cancer, where it can be proven. I just can't reiterate that enough. So it's really important to understand that. And it's something that I wish I understood a little bit more deeply when I was first dipping my toe into the world of psychology and mental health. And when I was just really vulnerable typing questions, just like you probably typed into your search bar here, or you ran across this podcast and you're wanting to know what is wrong with me? Why do I have BPD? What caused this? And the truest information I can give you is that no one really quite knows. And also BPD is just a group of words. What you can do is think about what are you struggling with in your life? Are you struggling with impulsivity, with thoughts and feelings of self-harm, with chronic feelings of emptiness? It's likely that when you looked into BPD and you thought, oh my gosh, that's me, it's because 
you identified with one of the symptoms and the pain that comes with that. And that is completely real. Your experience of those symptoms is very real, but you are a unique and dynamic human being with different ways that you were raised and grown up. And your symptoms are likely a very logical and natural response to things that you've been through in your life. And the beauty of it is, is you don't necessarily have a disordered personality. I don't find that to be helpful for me. And also nothing has been proven scientifically that disordered personalities exist or that you have a disease that is incurable. So after perusing many different resources online, one of the most prevalent and inaccurate things that you will likely come across when you're researching the causes of BPD is that BPD is somehow genetically inherited or that there are brain abnormalities that cause mental illness. There is nothing that's been scientifically proven that shows that this is the case. And so I'd really encourage you if you want to learn more about the lack of scientific evidence when it comes to psychiatric disorders, there is a book called Cracked by James Davies that I highly recommend anyone that listens to my podcast buy and read because if you are going to be diagnosed with a psychiatric illness, especially one as serious as BPD and especially with the stigma that is attached to this label, you should inform yourself and empower yourself with the information that's in this book. There are plenty of mental health professionals who are on the front lines fighting for change in this field as we speak. New research is coming out all the time, but the most prominent thing that I'm running across in my conversations with mental health professionals that I'm having on my podcast, as well as all the reading I'm doing, whether that be books or online, is the role that trauma plays in the development of BPD symptomology. In the past, all these conversations about genetics and brain defects and chemical imbalances, which many of these theories have been proven inaccurate, what is much more likely is that trauma is the cause of the development of BPD traits and symptoms, symptoms like the chronic feelings of emptiness, the impulsivity, the thoughts and feelings of self-harm, etc. I found an incredible article that touches on trauma and BPD development. And I love to go through a few of these things because I think this is the closest and most accurate thing that we can dive into that can give us a little bit of insight into why we might be feeling this way. I can understand why a reaction to hearing something like I'm saying that BPD isn't necessarily a thing. It's a stigmatizing label that we need to do away with. And your reaction might be, okay, that's great, Molly, but I still feel this way. I still feel these symptoms. And that's very true. And your experience is valid and your feelings are valid. So let's explore why we might be experiencing some of these symptoms and how trauma plays a role in that because this can really deepen our self-awareness and help bring us closer to some answers. 
The article that I found is in the Frontiers Journal, and it is titled The Role of Trauma in Early Onset Borderline Personality Disorder, a Biopsychosocial Perspective. After reading this entire article, which I will link in the episode description, it's clear that the development of BPD traits and symptoms, I will reiterate that multiple times because I don't believe that anyone has a disordered personality, but the development of these symptoms and the psychological suffering those of us who identify with BPD experience is due to multiple different factors. There's no one cause, quote unquote, for BPD development or BPD trait development. And one of those factors is temperamental factors or what we might call biotemperament. All of us are genetically and biotemperamentally wired a certain way when we're born. It's been proven that some people are more emotionally sensitive than others. I also interviewed an incredible professional named Dr. Anita Federici, and she described to me that also we are all all born either emotionally over-controlled or emotionally under-controlled. We all have a certain biotemperament. We're born a certain way where some of us are more inherently impulsive than others. And so this is why you can maybe explain and understand why one child in a family might be raised the exact same way with the exact same parents and develop or identify with the symptoms of BPD, the painful experiences that someone with BPD might might go through. And then another child in that exact same family raised in that exact same environment may have completely different experience in that same family and may not identify with those symptoms at all. For example, a child, very, very sensitive, emotionally sensitive child, highly sensitive person may end up identifying with BPD traits, whereas a sibling born into that same family who is not biotemperamentally wired in the same way as their sibling, they may not identify with BPD symptoms at all because of the way that they're wired. Then, The next factor that comes into play is environmental factors. This article says environmental factors that have been identified as predisposing conditions for early BPD encompass familial maltreatments, in other words, abuse and neglect, psychopathology of family members, and in layman's terms, that means family members who are also going through mental or psychological distress, and a parent-child conflicting relationship. It's been supposed that the development of cognition and affectivity, the integration of thinking and emotions, and the ability to discern emotional states are disturbed by early trauma with consequent post-traumatic reactions and dissociation. This article is essentially, it's very academic, but it's saying that children who are maltreated in childhood and who are treated by their parents to see themselves as helpless, unlovable, or weak. This treatment by our parents and the way that we are exposed to our caregivers can lead to us viewing the world and other people as dangerous, rejecting, or unavailable. So as abused children, whether that be emotional neglect, 
which is just something that some people end up thinking, oh, I didn't have that bad of a childhood. All my basic needs were met. You also deserved to have your emotional needs met. And so these are also called little T traumas. Little T traumas are emotional neglect where maybe your basic needs were met, but you weren't validated emotionally. You weren't um, seen and heard in your in your home, but then there are big T traumas, which we'll go into later, like sexual abuse or experiencing domestic violence in the home, etc. But abused children internalize this negative perception about themselves and other people and about relationships too. And this combined with the other factor that we discussed, if they are temperamentally um, highly sensitive person, and then they also are experiencing these environmental factors, which is abuse, whether that be big T trauma or little T trauma in the home. Do you see how this begins to just create an even bigger piece of a wider puzzle for development of BPD symptomology? The other factor that's listed in this article are traumatic experiences and their role in the early onset of BPD. It's commonly discussed in the mental health space that early traumatic experiences really contribute to the development of BPD symptoms. And these early traumas work as triggers for the evolution of these different BPD characteristics that we're familiar with, like really rapidly shifting emotions, which is also called emotion dysregulation, self-destructive and self-harming and self-sabotaging behaviors. These are very, very closely linked to trauma. And traumatic events play a central role because they impair our ability to do something called mentalize. There is an entire form of therapy which has been proven to be very helpful for people who identify with symptoms of BPD called mentalization-based therapy, or MBT. The quickest and easiest way to describe what mentalization is is the ability to think about thinking. Mentalization helps us make sense of our thoughts, our beliefs, our wishes and feelings, and link these to our actions and behaviors. And mentalization is a normal thing that everybody uses in day-to-day life. And for those of us who experience trauma in early childhood, this heavily impacts our ability to be able to mentalize. And when you're not able to mentalize properly or symbolize your emotions, this is really detrimental in our early development. And this they're showing in the research is that this trauma that affects our ability to mentalize then leads to later development of these symptoms of BPD that make our lives so difficult. Examples of different types of trauma are sexual abuse. So that's any sexual act where we did not consent or couldn't consent or maybe was manipulated into consenting or grooming. There's a very, very high and strong correlation between childhood sexual abuse and the development or identification with traits of BPD. Physical and verbal abuse, so that is also very common. Children who are physically mistreated or more commonly identified with symptoms of BPD. Neglect, that is just 
growing up where your parents were not able to supervise their children properly. So this is also very strongly correlated to development of BPD symptomology and is a form of trauma. Bullying is that systemic abuse of power and aggressive behavior that so many of us experienced growing up. So bullying is strongly correlated to the development of BPD traits as well. So if you're following me by this point, I hope you can start to see that the way that we develop these symptoms in our life, the way that we grow up into people who view the world as a scary place where people are inherently bad and out there to harm us and we have this kind of victim mentality, which I absolutely identified with, we're experiencing these chronic feelings of emptiness, these suicidal thoughts and behaviors that are so strongly tied to this thing that is now called BPD. It is a mixture of how we were born biotemperamentally, how are we wired, just who we are inherently as a person, combined with environmental factors, the relationships with our parents, how our parents treated us and how what we witnessed in our home growing up, and then also traumatic experiences we went through like childhood sexual abuse, physical and verbal abuse, neglect, bullying, all of these things that we experience in our lives shape who we are. And as children, we're very malleable. Our brains are soaking everything up. And this is the way that we learn and how we grow. It's how our personality forms. There is a quote by the famous philosopher Aristotle, and the quote is, give me a child until he's seven, and I will show you the man. And I love this quote, and I feel like it is so appropriate to share with you at this moment, because our experiences when we're young, they shape who we become. But where I think that the majority of mental health professionals, especially psychiatrists, get it wrong is, sure, if you went through all of these things and you identify with BPD, you may be in serious psychological suffering, but it's not helpful to believe that you have a disordered personality and that you're somehow incurable. Our brains are what they call plastic. We have neuroplasticity, if you're familiar with that phrase. We are capable of growth and change. An example that comes into my mind is that when we're children, young children are very capable of learning a new language, for example. It's much easier for them to pick up skills quickly. As we get older, it can be harder to learn things like a new language. And this is the same thing as changes with our personality. It's not going to be easy. When we were young, we were much more malleable. And this is how we were so easily shaped by the people around us. We were soaking up what we experienced. So when we grow up, that's why we can feel like, oh, I'm just like my mom, or I'm starting to feel like I'm acting just like my dad because that's what was ingrained in us. I'm going to finish off by reading the concluding paragraph of this Frontiers in Psychiatry research paper that we've been going through. It says, on the basis 
of the results discussed in the previous sections, we can conclude that the interaction of temperamental, environmental, and genetic factors with early traumatic experiences can promote an onset of BPD symptoms at a young age. Available data suggested that experiences of abuse, neglect, bully victimization in childhood, temperamental traits of impulse aggression and negative affectivity interacting with dysfunctional familial environment puts subject at a higher risk for development of BPD. This particular sentence is interesting. It says, in accordance with our preliminary model of risk factors in early BPD development, the effect of the interaction of different risk factors is more decisive than the separate effects of single factors in early BPD development. So the effects of traumatic experiences are enhanced when the dysfunctional familial environment that produces traumas interacts with the child's innate temperamental traits or specific genetic polymorphisms. That is an incredibly academic way of saying that all of these things combined with one another make us more and more likely to resonate, identify with BPD symptoms. That's my addition to this because they're saying BPD development. So these things make you develop a personality disorder. I don't like that phrasing. All of these things that happened to us mean that we develop these symptoms. And how could we not Because as children, that's when we are wide open and when we need to be shaped and molded by positive environments. But unfortunately, that's not the case for all of us. So the final paragraph of this article states, the mechanisms of interaction of different predisposing factors are only partially known and further studies are required to understand which factors have an independent effect and which produce their action as mediators or modulators. Essentially what they're saying here is, of course, more research needs to be done and they don't definitively know any of this. What you'll find if you really get nerdy and go into the research, which I do often, is that there's still a lot of unanswered questions. But what is clear is that what happened to you, how you were treated, the belief systems that you were raised around has an impact on how your personality is formed. But what I'm here to tell you is, is that your personality is not static. It's not set in stone. We can change. I'm not the same person that I was three years ago five years ago. And I won't be the same person in three more years because I'm going to continue to grow and change. I used to be completely debilitated by the symptoms of BPD, but that's no longer my reality. I know that when people say BPD is incurable, that they're misinformed. And I hope by listening to this podcast and continuing to listen you will deepen and expand your understanding and come to believe and see that to be the case as well. So I hope you've enjoyed this BPD shorty. And if you are new to the podcast, I highly recommend that you follow the podcast so that you get notified every time there's a new episode. In my podcast feed, there's plenty of other episodes where we dive much deeper into psychological recovery, mental health, spirituality, but I'm creating these BPD shorties episodes so that I can tackle these commonly asked questions. 
So if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, go ahead and give the podcast a follow so that you're notified. And until then, I hope you have an amazing week and I'll be right back with you on Tuesday for our regular full episode of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Back from the Borderline. If you'd like to receive my monthly written recovery musings via Substack directly to your inbox, send me a voicemail, join the Patreon community, or check out my Amazon booklist recommendations, visit backfromtheborderline.com and click to access my link tree.